That TV is just out of the question. It's a little too busy back there, but that's okay because I believe the only true way to play Atari is on an old piece of shit like that. Welcome to Arcade Attack. A retro gaming podcast for up to four players. Hello and welcome to Arcade Attack and a new decade. And uh <coughs> and uh yes, yeah, since this is January twenty twenty, we're gonna be doing what everyone was doing in December twenty nineteen and looking back <laughs> on the last decade in uh retro gaming because this is what number episode? Hundred and fifty. One hundred and fifty. One we've somehow we've somehow reached hundred and fifty episodes. That's right. Uh I should Got to do the intros this week as well. Ah, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, before we get on to that, I believe we've got one more Christmas present left over from uh, two weeks ago. Man, we do, don't we? This is pretty mad. We're lucky, aren't we, really? This is pretty mad. So uh, if you haven't worked it out, I'm here. This is Dylan. Adrian is here. <laughs> I'm here. Keith didn't turn up for this amazing event now. Um, so Tim, Tim Wilson, uh, also Arcade Attack member has written lots of lovely things for the site, has kindly sent us some, by the looks of it, Japanese goodies. Yeah. It's, he lives in Japan, and it just looks very Japanese. It says choco corn. I mean, I'm not reading Japanese. I'm the English. It says choco corn on the choco box. Choco corn. I don't think he sent us a box of choco corn, but <laughs> no. it's, it's using a choco corn box. So what Adrian is going to do now is open it with these scissors. I will gingerly give him. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he ha- it handles first. He gave me the handles first. Handles so well done. first. I'm opening. Okay. All the way, all the way from Japan. The tension is mounting. I know everyone at home is like, "Oh, what is in the box?" Oh, a little post-it note. Hey guys at Arcade Attack. Here's a box of goodies for you to get tucked into for your Xmas fun from uh, from special beer chug first time. I think I've read that wrong. Uh, <laughs> Are you able to read English? Hey, Jeff, with Tim, emu chicken. But no, he's a bit, well, he's got writing like me, which is pretty scruffy. Let's see, let's see if I can read. Hey, guys, at Arcade Attack, here's a box of goodies for you to get stuck into for your Xmas fun, fun, special beer chug fun time. <laughs> um, hey, Jeff, hey, Jeff, with it, I guess, have fun with it, Tim, emu chicken. Tim, this is so beautiful. Let's, let's see what, what goodies are in here. Let's Does have a look. Does Tim actually live in Japan? He does. I don't know which bit of Japan he lives in, but he lives Whoa. there. Oh, my word, it's mate. It's a box of choco corn. No, it's not. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my word. It's ram-packed full of... what? Tim, what have you done, mate? There is... There's green tea Kit Kat. There's an emu chicken uh, CD because he loves his music stuff. There's an... Oh, there's pretzels. There's all sorts. Man. Oh, there's a... What's that? Looks like a telescope. A poster, I think. A post? Oh my god, is a poster in there? Mate, how much did you spend on this? Seriously, like, what's wrong with you? But, thanks man. Wow, look, just open the posters. This, uh, yeah. Look at that, Dylan, look, Rob. 
So oh, wow, I can see the first soccer one. Soccer poster. Sensible oh soccer. my word, man! I see Bomberman. I see supercars. supercars oh yeah, too. supercars, mate. Yes, yeah, so two's another pretty awesome. There's one on more. Supercars. Oh, Rick Dangerous. Rick Dangerous. So there's four posters, there, I think. So we dish one out each, mate. This is madness. Like, how much money have you spent on this, dude? Oh my word! Wow, like proper like Japanese Kit Kat. It's got little like post-its on everything. So the first one is, um, so UFO. Oh my god, these noodles are called Max End. Uh... I like, yeah, UFO um, Yaki Soba. Yeah, so oh, Soba noodles, but... Little message here. I, I, I think they might be quite hot in <laughs> chili-wise, otherwise they won't have this mad It's got instructions, on. though, Dill. It says, open up and take out all the small tags, pour in boiling water, wait three minutes, pull black... Sorry, pull back tab and drain water. Mix in all small bags with noodles, add fried egg for best dish. Smiley that face. That does sound delicious, actually. We... Yeah, so. He's given us, man. You fed us for like a month now. There's um, <laughs> there's something Kirby. There's like a Kirby badge or something. I don't know. It just goes like, to show how much awesome stuff you let get. Let me take Japan. a picture. We're terrible. Let me take a picture now. So we got it saved on the old camera. Oh, that's quite a good. That's quite a good little angle there on that. Let's get it. Oh my god, I'm just dropping it. Here everywhere. we go, mate. We're touched. That's all. This is pretty awesome. Wow, Tim, man, you're a legend. See, and this is a lesson for the other listeners. If you want to supersede anything we're actually doing. No matter what the subject is, send us free stuff. Send us free stuff. We like free stuff. But, mate, seriously, this is so awesome. If you need any kind of English um, products and things, just let us know and we'll send you a box of stuff because that's awesome. Um, but, yeah, because yeah, when I was in Tokyo, I, I dined on quite a lot of this stuff. So yeah, It's like your beautiful. diet from like 10 years ago. This is beautiful. Yeah, we have to, we have to share it out. After the podcast, yep. Adrian, yeah. does, Adrian doesn't get it all. Unfortunately, yeah. though, we do have an actual episode. To oh, get sorry, to that was the week. yeah, that was the kind of we just wanted to kind of kind of squeeze that in. But yes, Rob, oh wait, take it away, sir. Well, I want to ask you two a question. Funny enough, all right. like obviously you two are both gamers, have been gamers for a long, long time. But when did you first start thinking of yourself? When about as uh, retro gamers? Oh, oh, oh. Uh. I can kind of answer this question. Yeah, um, it doesn't have to be an exact set. Dylan, you answer first. Like a, yeah. so time. I started buying 90 stuff again in 2005. So I mm. just got my first job after uni. And I wanted to get like an original Game Boy and all these games and stuff. And really get into collecting that stuff again. Because the stuff I was playing at the time didn't really... Well, I had a PS2 and stuff at the time, but I kind of got... I got a feel, you know, I had a, a bit of hankering for nostalgia, I guess. So 2005. Bef- that's before the curve, isn't it? Let's be honest. It was before the curve. But I didn't start writing about it or podcasting about it. I just like, I just wanted, if you did, I just wanted a game. About 1,500 episodes, isn't it? 1,500. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, about 2005 then. Uh, for me, it's probably, um, when I got Steam connected and I was like, what do I get? What, what new games should I treat myself? And I kind of just went for like the original Monkey Island. Yeah. I thought, you know, I don't really fancy playing all these new kind of crazy games. I'm going to try and play an old game from the youth. And, and then Dylan started to my arcade attack. I was like, what are you on about? Oh, no, Dylan's <laughs> Arcade. What's his art? Dylan's Arcade rubbish? Oh, Dylan's Arcade. That would have been about <laughs> 2011. Yeah. So that was about... That's interesting because my what I was going to ask you guys next is... I was kind of looking this up, and a lot of the retro gaming stuff did kind of start around about the mid-2000s in terms mm-hmm. of culture. We'll get into that in a bit. But um, I think my kind of... I was going to ask you, do you think this decade, the last decade, 2010 to 2019, was a decade when it really took off? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, there's, no, there's no argument there. But it's only because the, the year that my mum threw out those Sega mags... 
that made me start Dylan's Arcade in the first place and then eventually led to Arcade Attack was 2011, wasn't it? Like, yeah. 2011. Yeah, when I came back from Australia. 2011. Uh, hmm. Uh, good times. Innocent yeah. times. Yeah, because uh, obviously we are kind of 150 episodes down now. And some of the stuff we'll be covering, like in our kind of a 2010s retrospective episode, mm. is uh, stuff we've covered before. Like, mm. and you know, one of the kind of things I, one like the kind, of, I guess the uh, the big kind of points of the last decade has been system reissues. Oh yeah, mm. like big style. what happened on November the 10th, 2016. November the 10th, 2016. Is that, that's when we launched our first podcast, wasn't it? Uh, no, I don't believe it was. Uh, wasn't um, it November 2016? It could have been. I think, I it think it's coincidental. That's when we started. Pre Rob days. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't when I was driving up, but it would be an amazing um, coincidence. I was going to say, there's Mini, Nez Mini but, wasn't it? Because we released the pod soon after, but I think that was, was a it? bit after. No, it was the release of the classic, the Nez Classic Edition. Oh, it right. was because the, one of the first episodes we did was, uh, like a Christmassy one, wasn't it? About what, what you got for Christmas, and it was. Do you remember I did? And a, you did the mini. I did episode. A, I did a quiz for. I don't think you were there, and I said, "What's longer than the, the cable?" Do you remember <laughs> no. the Nes Because the Nes Mini, oh. the controllers have got the shortest cable. So I said, "Is this longer or shorter than the Nes Mini cable?" It's what? Such a joke. Good yeah. times those quizzes, man. It's such a joke. How short that cable is. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was episode three, and we discussed it uh, again a bit in episode thirty. Mm. Uh, do you know how many copies the Nes Classic sold? Oh, f loads. Um, I mean, bear in mind, yeah, sorry. No, but I was going to say F loads, but not enough initially because eBay scalpers got their grubby little mitts on them, didn't they? And chucked them and sold them for like quadruple the price. Do you want to take a guess? How did you even find the sales? Um, I I don't don't think it was millions. I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say half Half a million. Yeah, half a million. Wikipedia says 3.6 million. Sure, get out of the room. Uh, I just got one word for you, and that word is Japan. Ooh. Oh, did they go mad for it in Japan? Oh, so that's the link to the box, the Japan Pengstim. Yeah. I'm ah, guessing, well, I'm guessing uh, Nintendo may have just actually supplied a proper amount in Japan. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's fair enough. Yeah, because when they first came out here, they were really, re- like, you had to pay, you didn't Rebecca pay yeah. over the odds for she, yours? She paid almost double, I believe. Um, she paid double the RRP just to get one. Maybe. And later on, I think she was quite lucky because, like I said, they actually went up to almost four times the price. That's just madness. I mean, and now you can get them for like 40 quid, like brand mm. new now. <laughs> but, yeah. but of so. course, the NES Classic wasn't the first retro reproduction system, was it? Do you uh, know who f- started actually making the first repro systems? Did, that, did Act Games start before that? They did, didn't they? The Act, Act Games did the Mega Drive thing before that, didn't they? Uh, well, they actually originally did, uh, in 2004, the Atari Flashback. Oh, the Atari Flashback. Which I, thought, I thought that was a lot newer than 2004. Apparently not. Whoa. And it was followed by uh, like repros of co- the ColecoVision and Intellivision. Yeah. So, kind I of didn't know they things. did those. <laughs> and of course, then uh, they also did the Sega Genesis flashback, which yeah. I think we've all played around the circle. I've tried it. I've heard things of it. I don't really want to try one because of those things. We did talk so. about this in our uh, Sega Genesis mini episodes. Yeah. 63 and 120, if anyone's interested. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just the games weren't ported properly. They didn't feel right. Yeah. No, yeah, they said the emulation wasn't right, didn't they? But that's why, yeah. Sega, that's why Sega took... Control of the, the Mega Drive Mini proper, wanna, wasn't it? I've got a little story about that because he, he listens. I'm not going to say his name, but it's an old teacher at my school that I work with. He's left the school now. He works at a different school. And he brought it in once and he said, oh, I'm going to connect games. it up. The at games. I'm going to, and it was during the summer and he actually played it during the tutor time with his, with his kids. Nice. How cool is that? Nice. So I had a quick for you guys. 
Um, Did it feel? It, I mean, it's, it's okay, isn't it? I will say, it's like, sorry, sorry, Chris. I'm not, it wasn't. It was all right, but it's not the real thing. I mean, it was. It's cool putting on the massive projector in a classroom, but it's not quite the same feel. It's not. Yeah, people, that's what people say about it. But it's dirt cheap now, and it's got eighty. It's got eighty pre-built games in it. Question for you though: so Would if you, you weren't bothered about the emulation being spot on? You could just get it for cheaper. Can't you learn, so? learn algebra for a lesson, or play a bit of Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, I don't care how you emulate the Sonic the Hedgehog. I'll play Sonic any t- any day <laughs> of the week. Uh, yeah, but of course, this was kind of the decade of the repro systems. Like September 2017, actually less than a year after the NES Classic. I thought it was actually longer. The SNES Classic comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, Want to take a guess how many that sold? Oh Ooh. come on! If you said three point six for the NES. Yeah, I think more. They, I think Nintendo was surprised by the demand, so they five million, five point one million. Stop, stop, <laughs> it, stop it! The Price is Right tactic, and uh, Adrian is closer. It's five point three. Wow! Why I order? And then December twenty eighteen, there was a PlayStation Classic. Why didn't we do an episode of the PlayStation Classic? Oh, because that's a lost episode, right? Yeah, we did actually record an episode of that, and I was asking these guys about it before the show. <laughs> hey, I looked it up and I can't find the PlayStation. Do you know what happened? Let's let, let's tell the readers, and we'll 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 um we'll release it as a po- um as a bonus bonus content in 2020. But before the weekend, surely as a as a Christmas present, the weekend now a late Christmas present. When the, what now? Um, the, <laughs> we, the weekend before they released the lineup proper, we recorded a podcast guessing the lineup and <laughs> So the whole thing was made redundant. But I think it'd be quite retrospective. I think it'd be quite funny to for us for people to listen to us. Yeah, we got about two right, didn't we? Got, we got so wrong. <laughs> we got so much wrong in that. Uh, uh, to be fair, I don't think anyone expected the lineup that they put out yeah, or liked all over the lineup the that much. It was all yeah. over the place, but thank God someone hacked it. I don't to to date to date of recording this, I I've not heard of anyone hacking the the Mega Drive Mini. You just gonna you jinxed it, didn't? Because tomorrow they're gonna work out how they they are, aren't they? So I'm gonna, that's gonna sound <laughs> stupid. <but laughs> I hope someone does. Uh, yeah, do you know who handled the uh, porting for the um, the Sega Genesis Mini? Um, oh no, it was another company. Oh, I forgot M2? what they called. M two. That's it. Do you know anything about them? M two. They did. They've done a few conversions from. Didn't they do the Mega Drive Classics one on the PS four and stuff? They they they're good. All I know is that they're good. <laughs> have uh, like what, like have you actually got the Genesis Mini? Yeah, it's brilliant. No, I've got the Genesis Mini. I've got the the Mega Drive Mini Classic um, Collection on the PS4, okay. which I think M2 all, all, all said the emulation for. Um, but it's very good. But it's like you have, like, what do you? Which ones? Because I don't have any of the minis, but you guys have. So the only mini I have is the PS Classic one because <laughs> I got, got it like for penny. cheapo, <laughs> and I knew how to get the best out of it, obviously by hacking it. Yeah. Uh, I haven't got any of the other ones because I'm 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 skinflint. Yeah. I've got the Nes and Snes Mini, and they're very classy. They're very well made. Aren't they? they look brilliant, and they've taken a lot of love and care into them. To date, none of us have got a Mega Drive Mini. To date, we hate Sega. What can we say? We hate Sega. <laughs> Damn you, Sega! We hate you. Do you uh, play it very often? No. Do you know what? Truthfully, I don't, and I should more. But I sometimes find it easier uh, just to whack on the old Retro Pie, which I know you're not people are going to shout at me going, "Well, that's not right." I just find because I just flick around different games and I just do a bit of the more, more arcade stuff really. So mm. I, I must. I did put some lo- a lot of time into uh, Zelda though on the SNES, which was cool. But I got stuck. Dude, that's what walkthroughs are for. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think we kind of asked this in at least one of these episodes, but you can choose one 
uh, system to be repoed next year, what would it be? Uh, Dreamcast, right? But the thing is, cause, cause I've got a Dreamcast with a GD EMU in it. I couldn't, I, it's already got like 30 games in it, but, and it has, and it's, it's a proper Dreamcast, but it'd be good if it was just on a flash device and you can just like play Shenmue in like two seconds and, 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 and you know, other great stuff like Crazy Taxi and you know, things. I, Dreamcast, easy. But I think that's going to be, that's more tricky because the games are way bigger than, so I suppose the, the PS Classic is the, the big, storage wise is the mm. biggest one to date because you've got to get those CDs on, you know, on an accessible flash, you know, system. So the Dreamcast games are bigger and you'll need a bigger, um, like SD card or whatever is in it. So it just, yeah, you just, it just needs to be bigger. Would Sega do that before the Saturn? Would no. they, would they attack that first? Well, I still personally think they should have done the. I love a Saturn though as well. Give me, oh, give me. But the, I give think me a Saturn mini. They should have done the thirty-two X and the Mega CD to add on to your Mega Drive. I think that's we spoke about it before, haven't we? Well, they should be able to play. I think they should have made it, or someone needs to hack it so that it can play Mega CD files and thirty-two X files. Yeah. Because then you've got it all, then. You? you got it all. You got it all. I'm gonna say Game Gear for me. Game Gear. Game what Gear. Game Gear Mini? Swing it down a bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like if you you could do with uh, the new kind of battery power and storage, you could easily do a version of Game Gear that yeah. all the games are much better battery capacity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. No, that's a good idea. I think someone has done similar things. So like Sega knockoff handheld things with inbuilt games, <laughs> and I know there are um, Game Boy Advance cartridges with because I gave I presented one to Keith <laughs> for his birthday. There are cartridges where you can just get about 150 Game Gear games on it just to play on your Game Boy Advance. So there are ways that you can get around that. But, oh, yeah, if someone just, like, reproed the Game Gear, gave it a proper screen, yeah. so had the built-in games, like I say, had, like, you know, 40, 50 built-in games, but let it play the actual cards as well. Yeah, maybe that give it, fantastic. like, online, sort of, you could play against each other, multiplayer, and you could have, like, scoreboards. That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't okay, it? That's, that's taking it a bit far, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to make it a bit more expensive. It would be but, fun. But, uh, I mean, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, what console do you reckon I would choose? That's the question. Uh, Tari Jaguar. No, nah, I'm not. You would, I'm not. I'm going to go something a bit curveball. I would have guessed Amiga, actually. Ooh. Are we allowed microcomputers? I guess we could. Yeah, micro... Oh, can you imagine a little mini... Because you've got the mini oh, C64. Can you imagine a little mini uh, A600 or something? Imagine, imagine a little disc you have to flip out. Bloody Monkey <laughs> Island, disc number 12. I was about to say that. Imagine a version where you didn't have to change discs every five minutes. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no. No, it's not part of the fun. Without without even thinking about the Amiga, I was considering, and here's my sort of Kerbal answer, like a Neo Geo. How cool would that be? I was but, thinking about that, but I don't... Like almost every game on there's a beat 'em up, and they're but all. But you do kind have the, the Neo same. Geo Mini. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about the uh, Retro Pie kind of thing? No, you have the Neo Geo Mini. Oh, is that that does exist? Arcade isn't thing, it? yeah. It does <laughs> you exist. just named something that already exists. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, because because you can wire that up to the telly. So yeah, even, yeah, even yeah. Even though yeah, they're yeah. built Sorry, in like I'm... a little arcade like machiney thing, you can actually hook it up to the telly. Fine, so. mini mini GameCube then. There you mini go. Mini GameCube. <laughs> Uh, but of course, uh, consoles weren't the only things that were being, uh, kind of remade and remastered right, yeah. in the last decade. No. We, uh, episode 114, we talked about remakes and remasters. We did. Connected to which game? Resident Evil, mostly. Resident Evil 2. <laughs> Resident was, Evil 2, uh, question mark? 
I, I'll be honest, I didn't have time to listen back to it. So what, what, did, what did we uh, generally decide about? The Resident Evil 2 remake is like one of the best things I've ever seen and in my life. Resident Evil 3 is in the works apparently, isn't it? Yeah, they've leaked that, haven't they? They've leaked um, it, that's the big news. I, I loved it, I got stuck though. I got stuck in the game, I must be playing it. Well, because Adrian likes to play PC games with his keyboard rather than actually getting a compatible <laughs> controller. So you just make life well, like, there, way more hard for There's going to be people listening going, I get why Adrian... No, I honestly didn't, wouldn't... When I was uh, when I was at um, James's, when we were playing Rocket League. I couldn't play it at all with a controller. Sh- give me a keyboard and mouse. I'm the best at Rocket League, man. Rocket League's not quite as complex as Resident Evil Two, is it? <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. No. So I suppose. Okay, there was that, and it, the remakes and remasters are two different things, aren't they? So the remake is the complete. It's the in essence the same game, but it's a it's an experience that matches that generation, isn't it? So Resident yeah. Evil 2 on the PS4 is a PS4 game, but a PS4 Resident Evil game, but it's got the plot of yeah. Resident Evil 2, whereas a remaster just tends to be, like, just whack up, whack up the graphics a bit. And yeah, I God. guess... Stuff like, stuff like gods. <laughs> oh, yeah. no. I guess uh, remakes and remasters <laughs> is probably the wrong word. Maybe reboots is probably the better way of putting reboots, it. Reboots, yeah. Like old-style franchises that were kind of rebooted... Uh, or like just kind of games yeah. that were kind of like long dormant franchises remade mm. into new, uh, slightly different games. Yeah. I mean, like, um, it's not a new concept. There was the stuff going on in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember, oh, yeah, yeah. do you remember a game called Leisure Suit Larry in the Land of the Lounge? Oh yeah. 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 Completely remade, uh, for like high grade kind of mega PC in no, the early nineties. Were they just yep. loads of sequels though? Robert? Was it no, same? it was the same game actually okay. remade with, uh, much better graphics. A little game called Super Mario All Stars. Yeah, oh yeah, Super almost, yeah of <laughs> never heard of it. They have to make they have to make all of those games look better. But then I, I prefer the classic the classic look of those Mario games now. But yeah. well, uh, like this kind of stuff wasn't new to the 2010s. There were a few, oh, no, definitely not. There were no. like a few kind of notable ones in the 2000s. Uh, the ones I could find: Return to Castle Wolfenstein, mm-hmm. essentially uh, we made version <laughs> of the original. Ninja Gaiden. I'm going to call it Gaiden. I don't care. Gaiden, Gaiden, however you want to name it. Gaiden. Gaiden. Came out on the Xbox and PS3. Altered Beast on the PS2. Yeah. 2005. Prince of Persia. Yeah. The new version of that. Splatterhouse. Splatterhouse was on the Xbox 360. And uh, Contra Rebirth. Contra Rebirth. In 2000s. There are people, you know, companies know when an intellectual property is popular, don't they? They go. Well, there is someone out there who would like this, regardless <laughs> yeah. of how half-assed we do this. And if we make a really good, you know, fist of it, then we'll make a lot of money. So that—that that is true. But if uh, something's such a bad bet, and pe- there are so few fans of it that even a big uh, kind of company doesn't want to make like take a risk on it, what do you do? Yeah, cry, kickstart it. Yes. <laughs> Before you go on to that, I just want to make one more thing to, to, to people thinking about Splatterhouse Xbox 360. Well, I found out the other day. That if you complete it, it's got all of the original Splatter houses on it Ooh. that you can then play. And it's such a good gamer, you completed it day one, didn't you? I haven't played it yet, <laughs> <laughs> but but I don't think I'll ever be able to unlock those because I'm awful at gaming. But yeah, that's mad, isn't it? So you actually got you can actually play the, the original Splatter House games on your 360, but you need to complete you need to complete it. That, that yeah, game funny was that someone was about to mention Splatter House in the, about two or three minutes time. <laughs> <laughs> no, Rob. How about how about Bubble 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 for Life? Bubble Bubble for Life. They've yes. got the original arcade game on that as well now. It's a Switch exclusive, and it's um, easy just to pack it in, isn't it? With whatever pack it in. Before but you yeah, kickstart it. Sorry, mate. Before yeah, we get, yeah, before we get on to the official releases, because there were a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
any do you remember any notable uh Kickstarter re like jigging games? I'm sure we've covered a few. Yeah. I've got at least half a dozen here. No uh notable ones. I'm uh, sure we've covered I a few. I can go through some of them if you want. Oh yeah, mate, do it because one of the yeah. first big ones, uh Star Command. Yep, Star Command. Yep. Original game, uh, text-based Starship simulation mm-hmm. game. Yep. I looked uh, it up like on YouTube, and it looks like the most boring game ever made. <laughs> how um, did the kick- so the Kickstarter made it then? Uh, did yeah, they did the- a Kickstarter for 2011. Want to guess how much it raised? Two hundred thousand pounds. Forty-three thousand dollars. So it wasn't that much. <laughs> it was released in 2013 as a game where you control people inside a spaceship. You explore the universe and fight hostile aliens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Star yeah. Command. Star Command. You, you, you like Star Command, don't you, Adrian? I'd never played Star you? Command. I, I used to play Elite, which I don't, sounds oh, relatively Elite. similar. Elite oh, was a great game, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Remember was that? it like text-based? No. No, Elite was the old um, polygonal... Well, no. Vect- <laughs> don't say it. Vectory. Vectory, um, but you had to do like trade deal. Flighty, tradey, dealy... It's space spacey, amigory. That's about, that's, about be- that's about as good as I can describe <laughs> people it. People shouting at Some spacey. people regard that as their favourite game of all time. Like spacey, polygonal, I think is the word you're looking for. Polygonal. Bear-moths. Bear-moths. We can't pronounce words, but yeah. Behemoth. 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 We were told, weren't we, royally? Behemoth. Yeah. A- and Adrian educates our children. I just want you all to take that in for a minute. <laughs> Behemoth. Anyway, uh, t- like that came out in two thousand thirteen, same year. Legend of Larry Reloaded, a third, uh, a second remake of the original game. Absolutely, mate. I remember that. <laughs> Guess how much that raised? Hundred thousand pounds. Six hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> Holy! What the hell? Even did they need that much yeah. money? <laughs> but it was made by like the original guy who made the first that's mm. the first games. And that's the thing, isn't it? That's I think you thing. do kind of when you look at these, the ones that work are the ones that have the original, the original creators guy, exactly. in charge. I've tried to contact Absolutely. that dude. I forget his name now, but he didn't reply. His name no. is not Larry. No, know. but I said do you, yeah. do you want to do an interview, but he didn't reply. Oh, so if you're listening, and actually some people do listen that make games, remember? Oh, they do. I know. Yeah. Hi, Michael. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that was fairly well received. Unlike um, another game that started Kickstarter in 2000, that started Kickstarter in 2013, uh, Mighty Number no. Nine. Anyone remember what that was meant to be a version of? Yeah, An Mega Man. Official version of Mega yeah. Man. Yeah. It was Mega Man. It was uh, helmed by a guy called uh, Keiji Inafune. He was an artist in the original series. Mm. He created the character of Zero in Mega Man X. Mm. Do you remember Zero? It's not Mega Man's psychic, but he had a sword. He's like very 90s extreme. Anyway, uh, raised over $4 million on Kickstarter and PayPal. That is a what? That is, that is a mad, that's madness. But he's got good credentials, isn't he? Let's be honest. Yeah. And people it, love Mega Man. Because a lot of the Kickstarters we we feature well, just make their targets. Sometimes don't. Mm-mm. Yeah, you, there's no way this could go wrong. <laughs> uh, if Bubsy can do it, anyone can, right? It's possibly, um, unless you count Star Citizen, the most uh, awful gaming-related disaster, I think, on Kickstarter. It raised over $4 million. Um, didn't come out until 2016. Uh, bad to mediocre reviews, uh, horrific word of mouth because of the social media strategy. Oh, really? Uh, What's the social media strategy? Well, they had like a lot of forums and uh, kind of so on, and they kind of hired people to kind of run these, and they ended up getting into long-running feuds with fans and backers and banned a lot of them. That's uh, not good. Yeah, horrific word of mouth. Uh, the credit sequence... Um, it featured everyone who backed the game. They like had each other in oh, credits. Yeah, yeah, you get that. Yeah, you get that quite a bit. Which meant the credit sequence was only four hours long. <laughs> oh my god, that's madness! 
that is yeah. madness. <laughs> so, that is, uh, that's that's when that that's when that promise goes wrong, isn't it? Like literally, people from paper. hero to zero. Before yeah. before Rob continues, I just want to say and just thank Tim. I've just cracked open a nice gr- a green tea Kit Kat, so I'm just going to enjoy this now whilst whilst Rob talks. It's actually green. Hey, it's lovely. I eat it. I like, just love the taste of them. Uh, yeah. Anyway, carry on. Uh, yeah, better received. Uh, Tojam Leno back in the groove. Yeah. Raised five hundred thousand dollars plus, and yeah, pretty good reviews. You have either of you played it? We haven't actually got a copy of it yet, but we need to contact Greg and see if he can give us a copy. Uh, we interviewed uh, the guy, didn't we? It, right. We interviewed him when he was just trying to kickstart it, didn't he? We did. We have to try and get him on the old pod, maybe for a future update and see how things go. For a podcast, didn't he? Sort of. Yeah. If, yeah. Let's just yeah. let's uh, just say he got he got busy and didn't reply to a few emails, but it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, a couple more. Um, I'm guessing you two would have heard the originals of these. System Shock. Yeah, oh yeah. Yep. Well, we've got, what's his, oh god, I'm terrible with names. We had uh, one Fernio. There you go. Without Dylan here, where would I be? No, and, <laughs> I'm the one that contacted Stop them. Stop talking to me. I need my kick <laughs> No, we had one of the original System Shock dudes who done one and two, and he's a big name in the PC gaming world. Yeah, that's. A, I'll put the links well, in. Don't I worry. Don't know if he was working on this. I don't think so. But it was a cyberpunk point-and-click shooter. For anyone who hasn't actually, no, he's, um, I don't. He didn't mention it. any kind of new projects with it. Uh, had their Kickstarter in 2016, raised 1.35 million dollars. Uh, was due for release early next year. More than two years behind schedule. Hey, hey, they they retweeted our interview though with Rob Fermis. We love them. Yeah, we do love those guys. <laughs> Hi guys. <laughs> uh, did you back the Kickstarter? Hi. Uh, sorry. <laughs> we don't have any money. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe that's why you love them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and one more, uh, Descent. Oh yeah. It was meant to be a prequel to uh, the game in 1995. Didn't, don't, I know it? Descent. It's, it's the yeah. helicopter game. It's like isn't it? Doom in a spaceship. Yeah, it's a PC. No, it's more of a PC shooter, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit it's like, like, what the hell is wrong with me? What, it's like what? a first person. It's like you're. It's yeah. like you're. It's like Doom, but you're flying a spaceship yeah, in like a bigger spaceship. That was it. It's a spaceshipy thing. Sorry, I keep thinking it's a helicopter. <laughs> uh, they raised six hundred and ten thousand in two thousand fifteen. Um, the website and all communication was pulled in May this year. Ooh. I don't. Know, that game is not coming out ever. Um, should I do the joke? No, I won't. How did they... Not, hold on. What, what, how much did you say was raised off it? $610,000. And they haven't got enough... That's not enough money for it to release the game? Uh, apparently, this is a common thing with Kickstarter games. Uh, people can raise money, but they underestimate how much it's going to take to actually yeah. like produce the game. Which, you know, it sounds... Like Paprium. <laughs> oh, no. I've lost my money. Are they ever going to be that bloody game? Oh, you put money into it. I put money, about £50 into it. I'm I'm a mug, aren't I? £50! (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing is, like, a lot of the time, if these people were experienced and able of kind of delivering this stuff on time, they would be in a prop... They would be making their own games to start with. Yeah. But Pat Pim looked good. I just... (laughs) It looked good. There are so many publishers out there, and these are good ideas. I just wonder... I mean, I think a lot of them just go to Kickstarter... Because they think it'll be easy, yep. and they'll make the money back straight away, and da da da. Whereas if you had a publisher, then they would just give you the money until it's done. So they're just not good at like mm. making making these deals. I get the feeling that Kickstarter is much better for stuff like board games than it is for oh, yeah. games or anything high concept. Like the you know that it's better for books because I've got like a I've kickstarted a load of books and they've they've all come through no problems. Do you remember like that uh, cooler that c- came on Kickstarter about five years ago? It raised like thirteen million dollars. Oh. I, it's like this amazing cooler that would be Wi-Fi connected and would have speakers. It's like a kind of a cooler box. 
Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was called. Like it would have like Wi-Fi and speakers and stuff, and wheels and all these like, other accessories. Look like the most amazing thing ever. Mm. And I think a small number of people ever got them. Wow, um, that's yeah, bad. It's, it's pretty bad. It's not quite as cool as Paulie's robot, but it's up there. <laughs> oh man, can you imagine if someone kickstarted Paulie's robot? <laughs> I would bet. Well, I'd get one. Still can't believe you didn't want to go see that in cinema with me a couple few weeks ago. Boo, boo, Adrian. <laughs> anyway, um, getting off Kickstarter onto the original releases, uh, can you name any that come to mind of the last 10 years? What, remakes, apart from Splatterhouse? Yeah, because um, I was getting, Splatterhouse came out in 2010, the PS3 and Xbox yeah. 360. Uh, apparently not well received. No, like it. I mean, it's, it's, I've heard it's playable. I've heard it's playable. It's, and I've heard it's relatively easy. It's a game that you can actually play. Who would and I remember it? there's, um, Super Nerd Simon who, who, um, who listens to us. Um, Super Nerds UK gaming Simon. Uh, ages ago, he did a video of him playing it. I think that's what made me want to get it. <laughs> so it's just like, oh, this is Splat House and Xbox 360. And I was like, that looks cool, lad. But I've been able to pick up a copy of it since. Okay, mm-hmm. so you're going to say Splat House. Can I guess, can I guess some of the other ones? Yeah, I have a chronological list, but, um, you guess as many as you can and I'll go through them. Um, Perfect Dark. Uh, I haven't got that on here, but go yeah, on. They did the Perfect Dark on the Xbox 360. Um, was it this, how did it differ from the original? It's not, I think it was exactly the same as the original, but with See, better graphics. Yeah, I think that's to me is it's more of a kind of port. That's a port. Okay, all right. I think okay. Actual reboots where reboot I've got the most. Just, I've got the biggest one, the biggest seller. I where, think in my head. Where they've just used the IP basically just to make a new you game. You ready for this? I'm going to win this competition. No, it has to be based on the original, but not oh, yeah, the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah, go on. Doom. Yeah, Doom is Doom. on the list. Came out yeah. 2016 on PS4, Xbox One, yeah. and PC. Good and game. I'm guessing you played it. Oh, I love it. How about Wolfenstein? Wolfenstein, yeah. Um, to me, I think once Car- Return of Castle Wolfenstein is on there, then it's more of a recurring series. I'll accept it, though. But you can only Wolfenstein. Um, what else? Um, but I, I, like, there were other Wolfenstein games that came out, but I feel like it's more kind of a long-running so who, franchise. You mean one that's kind of like been, been out in the cold for a while? Um, uh, I'll give you the start of my list Aliens vs. Predator 2010 yeah 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 uh, adaptation of Jag game but much more high tech on the PS3 and Xbox 360 I, I don't know if it's uh, is it really an adaptation I've, I just think it's a whole new game isn't it really but it's the same kind of model yeah. of like a long dormant franchise it's kind of like and it's the same concept is basically a reboot of the original it's not a All sequel right. okay yeah we'll allow that uh, I'm going through the list Mortal Kombat I've seen Mortal Kombat made a comeback yeah, yeah it, it goes back to 2D while Kind of going back and redoing the plot from the first three films. I mm-hmm. think that counts as a reboot. Yeah, and that was very successful, wasn't it? PS3, Xbox. Oh yeah, yep. Yeah. Now it's still going. Now they keep on making them now. So they keep churning them out. Good old Ed Boon. Stop, you can't stop it now. It's a yeah, juggernaut. It's, yeah, it's, it's a bit like when uh, they kind of do a new Spider-Man or X-Men, then you have sequels to that. Yeah. They kind of ignore the last kind of edition of the franchises and actually literally a reboot. Um, 2012, Double Dragon Neon. I haven't played it, but it looked pretty bad. Double Dragon Neon, yeah. PS3, Xbox 360, yeah, it looked very lo-fi for that kind of system. In Tim's box of tricks, I've just found a Halloween-flavored Kit Kat. <laughs> Spooky. I'm not, not going to... Um, Bubsy, does that count, or was that a Kickstarter? Yeah, Bubsy. No, Bubsy, the Woolly Strike Back. Bubsy, because yep. that, that wasn't Kickstarted, that was... Yeah. Uh, that was self. That it was a publisher. Came out a couple of years ago on the PC and PS4. Yeah. How good is Bubsy, the Woolly Strike Back, Adrian? Uh, well, the latest game. <laughs> yeah. Well, Bubsy's a friend of ours on Twitter, but we 
We haven't actually played the latest game, have we, Dylan, I think? No, we haven't, because I keep on nagging him for a copy of it. He won't give me one. I refuse to buy it. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, well, maybe one day. Do you guys want some Pocky? I found some Pocky. No, no. I'm all right. Okay. Um, t- uh, 2013, Killer Instinct, Xbox One and oh. PC, new version. Oh. Like, Did uh, not even know that existed. Again, like they kind of brought out in like what they called, uh, I guess, Seasons. But like they kind of brought out in batches, so you'd like have kind of batches of characters would come out. Um, yeah, it was received alright, I guess. Like very obviously quite similar to the original two D, uh, like head to head beat 'em up, but with much better graphics. Uh, oh. There was a Monkey Island game, wasn't there? But made by Telltale Games. But I don't know if that was two thousand and tens or a bit before. I can't remember. I'm not was sure either. I think it was on the Steam before that, wasn't it? it was a, yeah, it might be late two thousands then. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, SimCity new version SimCity came out in 2013 Uh, Tomb Raider there's a new Tomb Raider Um, same year Shadow Warrior any of that ring a bell? nope what's Shadow Warrior? Shadow Warrior what's his face made it? Um, I'll be into you someone that made it oh god I've done it again haven't I? Wasn't it? Um, I've got a feeling it was um, Simon Phipps he might be cursing me now if he's listening (laughs) sorry Simon about the original Shadow Warrior? Oh my word! He said it was a good game ahead of its time, and but didn't people didn't catch on with it really? It's like a, is it a f- third person fighting game, over the top kind of thing. I don't know. I think so. I can't. Never heard of it. I don't know. Apparently, it was good. I, apparently, it had good reviews, but I haven't played it. Uh, 2015 King's Quest. Oh, King's, King's Quest. Quest. <laughs> King's didn't Quest. Even know that came out. Yeah. Uh, do you remember the old one? Like the... yeah, I didn't like it because you could die. <laughs> I like my point-and-click adventure games where you don't yeah, die. Yeah, I don't like point-and-click adventures where you can die. Yeah, it's what's it's more, I guess, like kind of a 3D, like kind of adventure type game where there's kind of yeah. clicking, but it's I guess there's more kind of action-based and they have all these cutscenes where... Like, but you can die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, Star Fox Zero, that counts on the Wii U. Yeah. It's very much like the same kind of style as the original and... It's kind of a prequel, that I guess. That counts, that counts. I mean, would you count things like Mario Party, the latest one, the Switch? No, know. it's a franchise. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, you could kind of maybe make an argument for New Super Mario, because it went back to the 2D structure and was very yeah, did. heavily based in the originals, but I think you've missed the biggest one of all this decade. Uh, Doom. I said Doom, didn't I? Nope. Doom. We, uh, bel- I don't know if we ever did an episode on it, but... um. Sonic Mania? Yes, Sonic Mania. <laughs> <laughs> Do you Fant- guys not want this Pocky? This is like Armand Pocky. This no, is boo. Good. No, I'm good. Okay. Uh, yeah, hugely well-reviewed. I'm yeah. sure both of you have played it. Yeah, yeah I've got it. it. Yeah, yeah. Good. How good do you rate it? Is I it played better it, than Doom I played, I played it down in the old Heart of Gaming in Croydon there. Um, it's really weird, because when you start playing it, you think you're playing Sonic 2, <laughs> and then it kind of evolves. It's like, oh my god, it's like a massive version of Sonic 2. With all of the 3D bits from loads of the other games, and yeah, it's a well-polished game. I just got stuck. I'm not very good at platform games. It's a nice homage to all of the like the the, the quality Sonic games. Is it the best Sonic game to have come out since the 16-bit era? Why are you guys both looking at me? I don't <laughs> you're know. the Sonic. Um, you're the Sonic aficionado. I'm only just aficionado. <laughs> Oh my god, we, we can at least say aficionado, right? So, um, I've only just started playing the Sonic Adventures, so I think it'd be unfair of me to make a definitive uh, statement there, but I've played loads of the other Sonic games, and yeah, it's better than those. But because Sonic had to go 3D, didn't he? That's the whole kind of thing, like in the Did 2000s he? or thing. No, but that's what oh, yeah, that's yeah. what the yeah. Sonic team and everyone thought. But <clears throat> like Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, and like Sonic, they it, it, they've all done it. 
Yeah. They've all done it. They've all like go, oh no, we've got to do something that's current mm. with the, uh, the hardware and this is what it's going to look like. And they always revert to type because hmm. what's, what, Wonder, you know, is there 2D ever been was a, good for those games. Has there ever been a series like a platform games that has just always been 2D? You know, I'm talking about consistently making games. So I was, Bubsy hasn't. They went 3D. Oh, but Jim's gone 3D. Did Mega Man ever go 3D? I've never played a 3D Mega Man. I can't remember. Mega Man is 2D only. Mega Man only in two dimensions. Right? <laughs> Apart from Zero when he comes along. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, one more uh, came out earlier this year. New version of Samurai Showdown. Yeah, of course it did. Yeah, because we've definitely featured that because we've, we've spoken to everyone involved in that game in SNK. <laughs> We're like, yeah, if you want to find loads of SNK guys involved in that, just go to our interview index yeah they're all there oh so, yeah. yeah samurai show but they they never sent me a copy of that so <laughs> do you want to hear a funny story a about recurring theme here rob do you want to hear a, just go. do you want to hear a funny story about samurai showdown yes you know you know blockbuster in croydon the big one it was big wasn't it the main one in croydon i used to pop in there at work and um this was this must have been when playstation 2 was out and i went in there and there was like loose discs of playstation 1 games and they're, they're selling for a pound each so i was like okay we'll have a look around okay and and I got Samurai Showdown <laughs> nice. amongst, and I thought there was no box of it, but for a pound, I thought, why not? And this is way before the kind of retro stuff. It's pretty worth quite a lot now. If it's, obviously, no box doesn't help. I bet that's Mate. quite a lot of money. Yeah, I think so. But I remember buying it and then walking out and I could hear the people at the tills going, I can't believe we sold them. What an idiot. And they were actually talking about me. Can you believe that? They were talking about like, you. I can't believe we sold those, those, those loose discs. What an idiot. Now, I grudgingly I don't have those discs anymore I don't know where they've gone but they're probably worth more than a pound each now oh are they God. playable? they were working I used to play Samurai Showdown quite a lot were, were they having a go at you for buying them or were they having a go at them them for selling them? no they called me a mug for spending a pound each on these loose discs oh, in like, their face. Uh, they probably thought we might as well throw them away but they, they thought we'd put a quid in it see what loser buys it and I, I was that loser one pound for a free game I'm so one pound for a game. I yeah, but it was only the disc. It, well, there was and? no case. Oh, no, that's, I thought it was a good deal. Oh no, you have to pay fifteen p for like a replacement CD case. <laughs> well, they gave well, a case, a, a, a plastic case of it, but not the proper case. Those guys, if you're listening, in your face, they're probably listening, going, "Go!" I've listened to Adrian for like 150 episodes, and he has to bring up the story now. <laughs> uh, but of course, um, even though there are new versions of games coming out, there remain the old versions. Um, and the old, ver- like, the value of the old versions was, uh, creeping up to a large extent. Not interesting enough at the top of, the top end, as far as I can see. I thought, like, I'll have a look at kind of the most expensive games, see what the actual valuation is, like, how's it's changed. And what I can see at the very top end, it kind of varies. You'd think they'd have all increased heavily in price. Uh, stadium events, um, obviously renowned for a long time as the most valuable yep. game of all time. Went for $41,000 for sealed copy in 2010. <laughs> what was that again, Dylan? Um, want to guess how much it sold for sealed copy in 2015? Half that, 20000 35000 okay, I mean, so not half, but still less. Rob, just chip it in there. I, I didn't do any f- research on this, and I'm sorry. Uh, but someone on Facebook, on this gaming group, I can't remember what it was, said, oh... I can't believe SNES games are really falling in price again. What's going on? And everyone's like, yeah, the, the the prices are now dropping quite quickly. So, you know, collecting for SNES is now a lot cheaper than it used to be a few years ago. Now, I'm not sure if that's just some random dude typing nonsense. I've done the research, but it's weird that they're speculating that maybe prices... Have you been planted there just to drive up sales of a SNES? <laughs> well, I was SNES actually... cartridges again. Well, I was actually about to get onto that. Oh, right. Cause, uh... Well, you're the, you're the random person on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, Rob. <laughs> 
Well, uh, no, I was going to say, like, it kind of some games, we were talking about Nintendo World Championships uh, kind of a couple of weeks ago, mm. two or three weeks ago, and, uh, like, those carts have gone up in price. Oh, yeah. Like, I think quite significantly, but then something like Atlantis 2, for loose copy, I've got five to $6,000 rate in 2011. Last one went for $250 in 2017. That's, that's, whoa. maybe it was a broken, co- it was a broken copy, but yeah, I'm maybe. getting these from like the kind of one of those websites that, uh, mm. tracks eBay purchases. Anyway, mm. yeah, I was going to say, um, I haven't said that. Like, I think the price between 2010 and 2019, the general games rose quite significantly. Certainly the ones that mm. I can see. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you reckon it might be falling again for the Well, stairs? I think speculation, if you speculate the prices are going to go up, you, you buy now. And if you buy now, if you keep people buying those games, the price, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I think speculation, people push the price up. And then there's only a certain limit to when, you know, people are going to pay this limit at this price. So I think now, I wouldn't be surprised if games start dropping again. I wouldn't be surprised either, but I don't think it's going to be for that reason. I think it's the fact that more people are getting emulators and not really willing oh, yeah. to pay those prices before. It's like when I used to work in a second-hand record store, and it was the same thing when mm-hmm. uh, videos started getting converted to DVD. Mm-hmm. Like, we used to have, once upon a time, like, once upon a time in America, the film was, like, the most expensive kind of big film of VHS because mm-hmm. it would never been reissued. Mm-hmm. You'd have to pay £80 pounds for a copy of that in video. Oh. And then, obviously, once it came out on DVD, suddenly that video was worthless. Yeah. Because it's not really like it's still kind of a collector's item, but it's yeah. not that valuable anymore. Same with uh, do you know the band the Traveling Wilburys? Heard of, but Traveling Wilburys were this late eighties supergroup with uh, Bob Dylan, Tom Petty, mm. uh, George Harrison from the Beatles, Jeff Lynne from ELO, like Roy Orbison was in on them for Star the first studded. album. Star yeah, yeah. Well, that's the whole thing, like Star Studded Supergroup, and they brought out an album. Uh, it wasn't that good. <laughs> but you know, but it, it sold alright, and they kind of brought out a second album, which Roy Orbison was no longer with us by that point, oh. and didn't really sell as well. But those two albums for years worth a lot of money on vinyl, CD, and cassette, mm-hmm. because I think it was Roy Orbison's widow refused to let them reissue it. It was oh, some she, someone's she widow owned the right. She had, had his she had his rights and everything, didn't she? Yeah, and then um, kind of it got reissued eventually, and then suddenly like the prices of all three of those just dropped. Like to, I think it's a quarter happens, of what they were. It? But the the thing about emulators and emulation is that that's a big question as to whether that that whole thing has led to games being not worth as much or yeah. worth more or more in demand or has it even stoked up demand? Who knows? I mean, you could talk about that all day. Yeah, I think maybe kind of the the uh, ultra rare kind of games are always going to be. Yeah. In demand some of some these extent. ultra rare games are now on the, the machines isn't it because you've got Tetris on the Mega Drive is actually on the thing mm. but I think because people just want the cartridge I think they're still worth what they're worth mm. I have a feeling uh, Tetris on the Mega Drive might be a direct port from the arcade not the actual yeah, version that's yeah, on the Mega Drive fight, yeah because I saw it the other day so I think oh yeah so it was not even actually even the, the Genesis because they couldn't get a hold of the Genesis proper copy of it and yeah they've put the, the arcade thing in there so they've tried doing things like that Earthbound on the SNES, it's apparently quite rare, before it's now on the Mini, isn't it? It's on the SNES Mini, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so all these weird and wonderful things that they, you know, people can play those games now, that's the main thing. Alien Soldier is on the Mega Drive collection thingy, (laughs) which is on the PS4. So again, that used to be quite rare. So, I don't know. Does it really push up the the prices of these cartridges, lower them? Who knows? 
I don't know, but um, I think like what like I can- you said, uh-huh. things are only worth well, things are worth what people will pay for them. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the va- I mean, that's the value. Yeah. That's the that's the that's the underlying thing. If someone is willing to pay that money. Yeah, but I mean, on the other hand, there is kind of more interest in that. Like, you know, we kind of, there's more interest now. That's the big reason why vinyl records haven't really dropped in price. They actually continue to go up for the most part because you have a new generation that's really interested in them. Mm. And you have a new generation that I think has kind of got interested in old school gaming. And a big part of that, if we can move on to the next point, is competitive like stuff, tournaments and speed running. Yeah, mm-hmm. you we, love your speed running. Yeah, we talked a little bit about this in the Mario Kart 64 episode, in episode 76, and the Classic Tetris World Championship episode, we did. 94. Mm. Um, but yeah, speed running has been around for quite a while. Originated in the 90s. Can you guess what game was the first big speed running game? You said it, Mario 64. No. Mario Kart 64. No. Is it a Nintendo game? No. Oh. This is actually Tetris the, running game. No, this is actually at the time. It was a big speed running thing in the 90s at the time. Yeah, uh, Sonic 2. Sonic 1. Nope. Um, um, Think about this logically. You'd have to log scores. Uh, Streets of Rage. Not a console game. <laughs> you're at, think about oh. this. You have to log scores online. So, th- oh, you're not going to get it. It was Doom. Doom? Oh. Doom and even more so Quake. Quake was the first game oh. to have a kind of a huge, like, kind of speedrunning culture yeah. um, connected to it. But uh, it was kind of really mainly a PC thing. Quite a long time, but let my cat out. But I wasn't going to mention that. People, no, you know, to, to create the facade of us actually being in a recording studio <laughs> and not your back room. But kind of toward the end of the, the uh, decade, like early two thousands, uh, you start getting things uploaded on YouTube, and uh, tool assisted runs start becoming a thing. Uh, yeah. Where obviously, kind of people start making like kind of emulated things that can, like, I guess, heighten the. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Get well, rid of like mistakes, that kind of thing. It it meant it, no. It carries on with Twitch and stuff, doesn't it? People streaming games and doing speed running live, and everyone watching. A lot more people watch people play games and actually play it. Well, not a lot more, but it's a big community now, isn't it? Yeah, and connected to that, I have to ask you, what momentous occasion took place on the very first day of the decade, first of January two thousand ten? New Year's Day. No. <laughs> connected to this what, is it like uh, a big connected to speed running speed running twitch bonanza twitch wasn't a thing then twitch wasn't a thing oh was it like a live broadcast or a competition of like maybe I don't know um, I'm going to say counter strike uh, no it was the first ever games done quick event are you aware of games done quick no no uh, it's a live event where expert players speed run each other live and stuff um, and they broadcast it and it raises money for charity but First, on the internet, was it? Was it broadcast? Uh, I don't th- know if it was bro- the first one was broadcast on the internet, but it did r- grow very quickly. First mm. one rose just over $10,000 for charity. Uh, there currently are two events a year, the last of which topped $3 million raised Ooh. for Medicine Sans Frontier. Oh, man. Can you imagine us doing that? We'd be here for hours. Sorry, guys. We're still pl- plodding along. Yeah, we could do something for like. We we'll do Red slow Cross. running games. We could do a Red Cross or something. They'd just <laughs> play games really badly. We could do that. <laughs> but of course, like the whole kind of think culture has been heightened by something that launched in June 2011, which you just mentioned it as Twitch. Twitch. I was going to ask what was it, but not really Twitch. much point now. Man, Twitch has been around for ages then. It yeah, feel like it's been around for ages. kind of was offshoot of um, kind of a, I guess another I guess online uh, thing. It was their uh, messaging platform. 
I set up a Twitch account once. I played a few games. How many followers you got? Then? <laughs> I don't remember. The thing is, my computer died, and I kind of just have to install it all again now. But I twitched. Here we go. A bit of Rocket League and a little bit of Commandos. Oh, and I had a couple of people watch me play Commandos. It's quite entertaining to watch people play video games, actually. Yeah, it's watch like, me how not to win in Commandos. <laughs> it's not it's not anything I do regularly or have done recently, but it sounds quite interesting. Yeah, Twitch like became a bit really big thing around 2013 when I guess speedrunning started becoming a big kind of general thing, mm. and it's bought by Amazon the next year for. Do you want to guess how much Amazon paid for it? Two billion. One hundred million dollars. Uh, actually, almost exactly in between nine hundred and seventy million dollars. Ah, <laughs> high five! High five! <laughs> uh, do you think that was? I mean, it's actually pointless asking whether you think it was a good purchase. It's uh, yeah, it's very popular. Uh, I, mean, I think just before, just before Amazon sent the money, they were twitching. Do we press the send button? Should we send the money? Ooh, Let's do it. They twitch. Twitched, they twitched. Oh, <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, fifteen million daily active users as of last year. Do you think they sent it via PayPal? They're like, oh, I'm send it via PayPal. <laughs> Isn't there a big rival now? Isn't there some people that have migrated to another there rival is. program? Uh, I think you may be thinking of Discord. No, That's not this. Dis- Discord actually has more users than Twitch. No, there's another enough. streamy one. Yeah, yeah, and that, that Twitchy guy went over it. He was the, one of the biggest Twitchers went over to it. I think I know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I can't I remember what it's called. Yeah. But there's also like topless Twitch. There's something, there's something, <laughs> that's something different. That's called. I'm yeah, because like, you you can't be topless on Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the thing. So whatever, oh, I forgot what it's called now. But yeah, so you got like topless Twitch, <laughs> pantless Twitch. <laughs> Isn't that chat roulette? <laughs> chat roulette. Oh god, I don't know. It's just, it's, uh, anyway, sorry. Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, what uh, what would you say the top speed running games are? What now? Yeah. Or what retro style retro or? stuff? Yeah. Oh, Mario Kart sixty four. Yeah, and the Tetris and Tetris. Tetris, uh, yeah, kind of like in the CCWC had a bit of revival in theirs. Um, but uh, no, actually, most of the big ones have one big thing in common. They're all on the same console. Uh, not Mario Kart, Mario 64, huge, le- like Zelda Ocarina of Time, huge speedrunning yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I've heard about this. Goldeneye as well, like has a big speedrunning community, has done for years. And I don't know, the thing is, like, I mean, the NES Mario games as well, it's very competitive. And you're basically looking at microseconds, like single frames on the NES games. It's yeah. that far. But I don't know. I think it helps kind of maintain the interest in those classic games. It does. Really? People it still does. finding new tricks or glitches. We do condone even. these kind of things. The worst <laughs> I'm just thinking, Ocarina of Time, don't say, when the owl comes up, he says, have you understood this? No, and when he and goes through everything again. I know. Can you imagine? You, you, you're oh, going to beat the best time ever. <laughs> you have you understood? Button. And, and the, the default button is, no, I haven't understood it. It should be yes. But yeah. you have to press down. <laughs> no! <laughs> Honestly, Rob, I'm not even joking. That bloody owl. That owl. Uh... Okay, I'll tell you all again. Sorry if you're on a speedrun challenge, because <laughs> this is going to cost lots of time. <laughs> but uh, No, it actually is like, and when I say people are still finding new things, they are still finding new things 20 years plus on. Mm. Like, I watched the kind of Mario Kart 64 because I watch that kind of stuff when I'm making dinner. Nice. Uh, they, like, the 2019 kind of championships. And they actually found a way to, um, want, you know, if you're small, like once you go over, like, one of the ramps, you can still actually get across the river to the other side on, I think, is it uh, Mario Raceway? I don't know. Rob, man, you know we're Diddy Kong fans over here. The whole point is that if you're small, you just <laughs> fall, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah, but there's actually a way to 
get over it. You just wiggle the joystick really loud. Oh, wiggle it, wiggle it, get over there. And also on um, or you kind of hurl the controller around because that that kind of <laughs> that kind of that kind of momentum will get you yeah. across. And on um, Wario Raceway, if you're small, you can actually get over that big jump as well. It's yeah. possible. And just throw it. Just throw it. Just throw it. Uh, anyway, but if we can kind of like go on to uh, go past that, I think we've talked about a lot about the games themselves, yeah. but I think possibly the bigger thing has been the culture itself. Oh, defo. Yeah. Look at Primark. You know, half the store's retro gaming t-shirts. Yeah, I mean, retro gaming magazine has been going since 2004. It feels like 2004 was like <coughs> that kind of midpoint of the decade is when mm. this kind of stuff started to really... Um, kind of yeah. get underway. Obviously, yeah. it didn't really kick off until Arcade Attack started. In oh, I mean, yeah. obviously, Arcade Attack we, was at the the forefront. <laughs> We're like the pillars. <laughs> Imagine without us, the the whole community would collapse. It We're would that be important. like if you just took, if if we didn't exist, it would just not even exist. <laughs> I, I've always imagined. You know, it's a wonderful life. Could you imagine if Arcade Attack didn't exist? The world <laughs> would be in ruins. <laughs> they Rob, sh- they should do a retro gaming version of "It's a Wonderful Life" yeah. and take and like so we have to see what the world would be like without us. It's a non-retro. It would be terrible. It's a non retro life you have to you have to make the podcast you so have to uh do this life. what who which podcaster would be the potter in this analogy i don't know who's potter again he's the potter angel. is like the evil guy who uh steals the money so from the well, banks Keith's so not here so we just say Keith. he's like um <laughs> yes yeah. george bailey is the one reason why he george can't bailey's the yeah. he can't get his hooks into bailey. that's dylan he's the founder no, no, make... adrian's middle name is george that's true so i'm so george, bailey. george bailey yeah. anyway as i was saying <laughs> He's like uh, the guy who was like trying to run the town, and George Bailey is like uh, James Stewart's character, is like the one who stops him from doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, like, so without him, like the whole town turns into like Pottersville. This like kind of really <laughs> dark, like built up kind of place for like, gambling and yeah. It reminds me of ba- you know Bluesies. Back to the Future too. Biff. Like, yeah, it is very much like that. Where where everyone only plays Diddy Kong Racing and there's no <laughs> other games are allowed. Yeah, isn't it? That's what that's. That's what you would make everyone do. Yeah, it? yeah. Okay. No Mario Kart. If I see any Mario Karts, <laughs> get out of my town. Uh, so what other pod, like, speaking of podcasting, any uh, other retro podcasts you want to give a Oh shout my out God, to? yeah. Oh, we've had, uh, talking about Discord, I'm part of quite an exclusive club. I'm part of a retro gaming Discord channel uh, group. People aren't meant to know about that. That's All right, secret. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's like the Masons. What is wrong with you? <laughs> and who's on there again? It's We've got um, RGDS. We've got Retro Hour, uh, Retro Asylum, um, Arcade Perfect, I think. No. I'm, I'm talking Ten pence arcade. That's it, ten pence arcade. Some, 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 some big, big cheeses. There's loads. I mean, there's Shart Select, isn't there? Yeah, Waffling Taylors. Um, Waffling Taylors, yeah, of course. Smell the 90s. Retro Reset, I quite enjoy. I'm to Smell the 90s now. It's bloody, smell the 90s, yeah, it's cool. hilarious. Like, if, if anyone like, checks out their Terminator episode, it, is, oh, it had me in absolute stitches. Um, so yeah, the, there's them. Uh, there's the YouTuber podcast, obviously, the Drink a Beer Play game, yeah, those yeah. guys. Uh, well, I was actually going to ask you. What so many? I don't. I can't. Yeah, too I many. Don't time to We've probably forgotten some. They're shouting at us, but we love them all. <laughs> we well, do I was, well, was going to say, like before, podcasting was a big thing. There was YouTube, and yeah. like obviously there was like there were a lot of kind of YouTube. Didn't podcasting come before YouTube? Uh, technically, but it didn't become big until what, long after YouTube. Until we started. It's ever yeah, since us. Yeah. <laughs> it was just us again, isn't it? Oh. I mean, if you want to talk about t- uh, cultural things of 2010s, podcasting's got to be definitely up there. Yeah. But uh, who do you think... Maximum power up. I want to keep on going. <laughs> who do you say was the uh, the first big retro gaming YouTuber? 
Blah. Retro gaming YouTuber. Um, Ashens? What year? Uh, he's been going years, mate. Uh, I don't know. 2002? 2003? Okay, interesting. Because, like, yeah, not familiar, but, um... Don't know Stuart Ashen? No? Ooh, mm. Oh, interesting. A few, a few people don't know who he is. That's a bit, sh- bit of a shame. Um, Mr. Biffo? Who else? Well, I'd say the person <laughs> who... Came mainstream would be uh, angry video game nerd. Oh, oh no. yeah, he's, he's, and he's so stupid. <laughs> you know, from around two thousand six, uh, but uh, still growing his user base, even though he's been a bit on and off. How many subscribers do you think he had as of June this year? Bloody millions. Yeah, I'd say five uh, million. That's my guess. Oh, that's well, this is going to be anticlimax. <laughs> it was only it was three million, but <laughs> yeah. still impressive. Like that's more. Well, that's the thing. How more many followers people... than we're going to have this time next year? Definitely. And there's, you know, there's, there's, um, Metal Jesus Rocks. There's, yeah. there's a couple of massive, oh, Ashens, I mentioned. Classic Game Room was around for a while. That was pretty big. Larry Bundy Jr. Gaming mm. historian. Yeah. It's, it's just like, there's a few that. Dave, Dave Perry, the, the games animal. Games animal. <laughs> Maybe not so much. He needs to, he needs to whack up his subscribers, I think, Dave. Um, yeah, there's loads, there's loads of big, big ones, but they're, you know, they obviously were ahead of the game there because those guys have been going since the mid-2000s at least. Yeah, think um, about what might have happened if we'd started in the mid-2000s. We could be huge YouTube celebrities right now. Oh, yeah, great. But, you know, I was, you know, when I bothered about doing that in my 20s, I was trying to, I was trying to become a lawyer. <laughs> we're trying to be reason. an adult back then. I was trying to become we, a lawyer. We just <laughs> gave up on that dream, didn't we, a yeah, few years yeah. ago? What, be, what, becoming an adult? <laughs> yeah. You see, that's, that should be the real uh, It's a Wonderful Life thing. There'd be what? like a kind of a different version where... Without me to kind of poo-poo the idea, you guys start doing this 15 years earlier, and Dylan's, <laughs> Dylan's fighting Logan Paul in a boxing match. <laughs> no, he's knocking, I'm getting knocked come out on. by Logan Paul. Right hook, come on. Oh, right no in the thanks. ribs, rabbit punches. Yeah, no thanks. But uh, yeah, you're talking about merch. There's been a real explosion the last few years, hasn't there? Our retro gaming merch, yeah, man. And we know loads of guys who make the stuff, and yeah. Squared 7, and I could, oh, seven, squared, 7 Squared, Squared 7. Squared 7, those guys, they're awesome. <laughs> um, I think like the numbskull designs guys who do all the stuff for Sega, they're all good, aren't they? And I think my uh, favorite piece of merch, and we had an episode of this, I couldn't, I forgot to look up which one it was, but um, old school like soundtracks being reissued. Like obviously Keith is a big fan oh, of yeah, data he likes discs. His data discs, yeah, he likes his data <clears> discs. Like a man, yeah. like I borrowed a couple from them. Those sound very is it nice. Mon- Mondo is the other one, isn't it? Yeah, Mondo that's, it. that's yeah, it. Could well be, but uh, yeah. yeah, like old and also you have like old school music being uploaded to Spotify. Oh yeah, you, can like, just, you just type in Street Fighter Two on on Spotify. You got like, the whole soundtrack. <laughs> Do you want to hear something funny? Um, our, we we're on Spotify, obviously, and I think sometimes people click and click on our episodes, think it's going to be the soundtrack. So one of our, you can see where how long people listen to our episodes and things like arcade races. Yeah. Like yeah, this is not what I was expecting. No, like, this like, where's the, the music? Like two minutes. Day, yeah, day Titan versus Sega Rally. I put that. Oh yeah, can you imagine the great soundtracks? No. Uh, yeah, sorry about that, Spotify music listeners. Us, us talking nonsense about Daytona and Sega Rally. <laughs> yeah, I follow Keith. I um, guess I don't know if you two follow Keith on Spotify, but no, I don't want to see what nah, he's doing. On the right hand side, we're not side, Keith. Sorry, mate. I just kidding. On the, on the right hand side, you can kind of get the uh, like the whole kind of flow of what everyone you follow is listening to. And Keith is all like gaming soundtracks half the time. Yeah, man, he loves that stuff. He he lives he lives for that. The more amount than, of messages more than got. podcasting. <laughs> make another music podcast, please, Keith. Make it. Why won't you ever make another music? I've lost count now of how many people. Are, but he needs to get on that. Like just like just, yeah, Sega Music t- is a Sega Sound Team or Sega Music Team. 
Oh yeah, Sega Music. Yeah, Sega Music. Sega Sound, Sound team, team is it? But yeah, they got loads of stuff. On they there. Are, yeah, they've got their own kind of uh, artist page. They've uploaded a load of stuff. Mm, well done. Yes, yeah. we like this kind of thing. Just get it out there. And of course, and also, Sega aren't fussy when it comes to us using their music in online um, in our podcast because when we upload everything to YouTube, if there's any kind of Nintendo music in it, I get a thing that says. This is copyrighted material. Nintendo, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> whereas anything, blah, 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 blah. but anything with Sega in it, they just don't care, man. They they're happy for How about it. Sega are happy for the retro gaming yeah. uh, community to use their stuff like that, which I which I respect. I respect and a, that. And of course, then you have Chip Tune. Chip Tune. Oh yeah, we've done a bit on. of a Chip Tune, like our Chip Tune episode. Yeah, people and eight bit weapon and that. Yeah, it's like. Just kind of new bands, we uh, jigging old soundtracks. Yeah. It's good, man. I like it. It's just people getting into that hardware and working out how to make... The, the Game Boy thing, especially, is mad that you can just get a cartridge, pop it in, and it actually, you just sequence it on the Game Boy and make music out of it. I think that's pretty amazing. So when are we going to go to a chiptune gig? I don't know if I could sit through a whole chiptune gig, <laughs> unless it was themed to something I like. Uh, if it was... Sonic games, or if it was Sega arcade games, or yeah. I'm sure you could if you like had Mario games or something. I was, I just, I was close, a bit drunk. Yeah. I was close to buying uh, me and my wife tickets to the Zelda Orchestra, not Chip Tune, obviously, but we, I was. Oh, close. You should have done that. You should have totally cost done a lot of money, dude. It was a London Orchestra. Yeah, but it I would've... saw the prices for that. They were, they were, figures? it they were was high. two figures. I'm I'm talking maybe a hundred yeah. or quid, three figures, definitely. yeah, yeah. and it's the kind of thing I would have done if it was a bit cheaper because it's a once in a lifetime thing. But it was too much money. But that's the kind of stuff I'd have, I would have loved it. Yeah, I think maybe there might have been a user Kashiro uh, thing that was pretty similar and also pretty high priced. Yeah. Um, but anyway, like uh, if we can have a direct tangent because you two keep doing it, screw it. I'm going to tell. Yeah. We just did like competitive like stuff. I'm going to tell a story. Right, my, my blockbuster. Wait, a story, story that's not mine. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, come on, let's have a I'll Rob story. About my blockbuster Croydon story. Everyone, get sit sit down, get get comfortable. Here we go. Uh, oh, when I was, uh, I guess, twelve or thirteen, they were doing a gaming tournament in Blockbuster Croydon. You know what game it was? I know you've told me this story before. NBA uh, Jam Tournament Edition. NBA yes. Jam Tournament Edition. And this was probably when I was at the peak of my NBA Jam powers. Nice. 16 bit. I was really, really good. Like, I really fancied myself in this. So, yeah. um, I go then, like, uh, kind of sit down and say, like, you've got this many minutes or whatever. And, um, I'd watched a couple of people, like, kind of doing it before and they kind of given them a countdown, like, when they're kind of getting near. Yeah. So I go there, I choose, like, you've got to choose the Bulls. Yeah, because they're the best team in the game, right? Yeah, because, like, choose Pippen and Armstrong, just like Pippen doing the dunks, and then just Armstrong three point after three point. Yeah. And man, I knew the target was. I was rushing toward there. Yeah. <clears throat> and then it's like, I was get, I was right on the edge, and they said, oh, no, time's up. You've got to stop. I was like, what? No way. They didn't give you the countdown. Didn't even give me a countdown. I don't even know if I went over time. I think they might have had people they wanted to get through. Oh, yeah, definitely. They mate. screwed me. Do you know what? It's those people that ser- serve me, because they're not very nice people. Like, Didn't right. have the timer on the screen, though? Wouldn't it, isn't it like just a quarter or what? How is no, it? like they stopped me about two minutes into one of the quarters. <sighs> that sounds bad. I know, it's very sus, isn't mm. it? Yeah, it's sus, man. I think you got cheated out of that. It's still bitter to this it's day. It's Blockbuster yeah. full of bad employees, then, that we come to the oh, conclusion. Oh, definitely, yeah, definitely. Those guys were bad hombres. <laughs> Anyway, that's a sad story. We don't yeah. want to end, we don't end, the, end the podcast on a sad story. There is still a blockbuster open. Is that, uh, that's a good story. story. One, 
bloke, yeah, in America, isn't there? I think Canada, but I might be wrong, yeah. yeah. It's somewhere really obscure where there's just nothing else there, I guess. They've just preserved it and it's beautiful. <laughs> What's the dumbest bit of merch you've ever bought? What, I retro gaming merch? seen, but yeah. Bought dumbest? probably more entertaining. Oh, that's a good question. You can just say scene. Scene? Uh, I don't know. You I'm got not, me. I'm not big on the merch, to be honest with you. I'm more about collecting the the old consoles and and games when I can be bothered kind of thing. I just I just like collecting those. I'm not... I have a few Sonic t-shirts and that, but I don't... Nothing. I've got a Waluigi Amiibo. That's pretty cool. Waluigi what? Amiibo? It's pretty interesting. Amiibo? Amiibo. Amiibo. The little figurine thing. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, you bought that for yourself. No, I got it for Christmas. Yeah, see, no, no one buys them for themselves. <laughs> I like Waluigi, you know that. You just take it out of the box. No, no way. I haven't seen any like retro gaming sex toys or anything. It hasn't been, it hasn't been that cringy yet. Yeah, Which yeah. one would you although, like? Although we should, although we should speak to Tim. Maybe they've got some in Japan. They must have like, like a Sonic. They they advertise Sonic. them on pantless Twitch often. Pantless <laughs> <laughs> Twitch. Oh man. Oh god. That topless Twitch was something else. I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> just, no. I'm into the crude bit of the podcast now. Can I say... <laughs> yeah. We're in the crude bit of the podcast. Uh, you thinking like a Waluigi dildo or something? <laughs> Waluigi d- I'm sure there is one out my, there. My wife did get me a Waluigi slash Zelda t-shirt. Remember that thing? It's it's amazing. That, I did like it. Okay, yeah, you would. Yeah. <laughs> and you said, it, what is this obstrosity, I believe you called it. <laughs> well, maybe we'll ask the listeners to send in pictures of their, like, cringy retro gaming merch. <laughs> yeah, do it. But, uh, no Waluigi dildo, though. You know what my favourite um, retro gaming development is? Actually, this decade, yeah. to, to finish off with, and it is kind of connected to merch in a weird way, mm. retro gaming bars. Oh, yeah. Do you remember my very first episode was? on? It, it was the bars. Bars. And you went down to Melbourne, didn't you, and checked out the old bars down there. Yeah, we were talking about... Did we go to Four Quarters we did, yeah. before that or afterwards? No, just before when we spoke about uh, it. Maybe. Yeah, we were compare them, comparing them. Yeah. And now that's one of my locals. Like, it's the only place... One of the only places in Peckham that's open past midnight. That's it. So if you're in the Four Quarters in Peckham, you'll, you'll, be, you'll see Rob and his housemates. Mm. We went again semi-recently. We had a good time, didn't we? We played... The upstairs was open this time. We had a good time. Oh yeah, I can kind of remember that. I was really drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I remember playing a bit of Burnout with Kev and like the old days. That was good fun. Oh yeah, the good times, man. Hey, they got some good setups there. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, and they've been around since the mid two thousand. Like, uh, there's a place called yeah. Ground Control in Portland. We used to be a proper arcade, and they added a bar, and um, it got really popular. So much like so, they've actually massively extended it recently. Man, this yeah, the retro gaming bars is right. So Heart of Gaming now in Croydon has got. It's got booze, so you can, you can go there drinking now. How uh, how late is it open? Uh, it's like 10, 11, I think. It's pretty good. So I think we need to get down there one day. Um, yeah, yeah definitely. We should do um review of that. But I was going to say, like, yeah. Barcade and, like, New York Barcade, open about the same time. But yeah. it feels like we got to the point there's one almost everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it was episode 22. We kind of talked about Four Quarters and one in Melbourne. They're loading bars in London and Brighton. Uh, also went down to Brighton the other week. Uh, found this really cool retro gaming cafe Ooh. called Boo Diddleys. Boo Diddleys, yeah. <clears throat> got to give them a shout out. Like nice. really kind of cool insides. They've got. Uh, where cine- is that? Where is where is that place? It's right in the centre, North Lanes. North Lanes, North Lanes. You get lost in those lanes, can't you? It's oh. very easy to get lost in the lanes in Brighton. Mm. Yeah, but anyway, North. Yeah, lane. that's not the lanes. The North Lanes, they're different places. No, I know North because you got North Lane, haven't that's you? Why are you getting lost? And then you've got North <laughs> Lanes. <laughs> And everyone's like, I need to get to North Lane. But then they send you to North Lanes and you're like, this is wrong. <laughs> you know, North Lane is a bar. Then there's North Lanes with an 
without an eye, and then like yes. there's the lanes which is different to the north lanes. There's you've got the north lane it's lanes. The other side of North Street. The <laughs> north lanes. It's so it's so easy. <laughs> it's so easy, man. Like come on, come on, people. But uh, yeah, like um, and they've got like a big, I think, like either downstairs or upstairs, like arcade bit. I was talking to the guy there. He says they're going to be doing tournaments. Yeah, at some see. point. This is and this they're showing films on a big screen. Are you thinking, Rob? Uh, NBA Jam tournament revenge mission. Man, I'm thinking Mario Kart 64 tournament. In Ooh. fact, I'm going to try and convince Four Quarters to put one on because they've got one on like a big projector screen. So you're not going to convince them to do the NBA Jam tournament edition? Revenge. Revenge. The revenge, revenge. Revenge. Uh, this time it's personal. I'm kind of past that, but... Oh, uh, uh, it doesn't sound like it. Can you imagine that? It's a blockbuster guy again. I thought we'd meet again. <laughs> <laughs> it is I, blockbuster guy. Samurai, Samurai Showdown. <laughs> we, will, we, will, we will NBA Showdown to the death. <laughs> but obviously, like, it is kind of... The whole thing is related a bit to the board game bar explosion, which has been going on yeah. pretty yeah, recently. We've got, we got Ludo Quist in Croydon. Croydon's just a great place to hang out and uh, do There's stuff now. There's a couple of big ones in London. Come now, and hang too. out with us. You can come and hang out with us. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, which uh, which I think was going to lead me to end on something. When we kind of talk about like, there being like a retro gaming explosion, how much do you think of it is down to the games itself? How much do you think is down to retro culture itself? And how much do you think is down to the general like kind of geek slash nerd stuff becoming mainstream, like you know Dungeons and Dragons Nerds. board games in general, <laughs> and so on? Nerds. Like, how much do you think? The retro gaming thing is to do with any with uh, any of those three things. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll chuck out a few a few initial thoughts. The games are immense. I'm sorry, mm. but the games we grew up with were flipping immense, and they are timeless, mm. timeless pieces. And we are like historians, and we will cover those timeless pieces because yeah. they are great. The I think the community, especially on social media, is really great. Yeah. I think it's just nice chatting to people about yeah. mutual interests and it's all good. And I think that's kind of driven it. And that's what's driven people to produce. We essentially create content for each other. There we retro gamers. That's what's happening. Yeah. You know, YouTube, we, there, it, it, some videos and some podcasts resonate with more of the populace, but it's more, we, we more create content for each other, don't we? Especially populist fans. Best of both populous worlds. Populist fans. Yeah. <laughs> Populace, populace, sorry. Technically, we're making it for those platforms that generate all the advertising money, but that's a different discussion. Ah, ooh, boo. Grr, boo, boo, damn you, Podbean. Yeah, no. I, I do know what you mean. I think, yeah. um, I think for me, it's part of the, like, nostalgia thing. I think, like, the re- 90s were really cool. The, the 80s, cool in their own way, were really cool. The 2000s, it doesn't really feel like that culture is as developed past a certain mm. point, but I think. You know, it's interesting. People like remember those very distinct times, and they can link it to these oh, bits of the culture—not just uh, games, but mm. you know, all kinds of other stuff: music, film, fashion, to a large extent. And I think it's just part of that, and it's cool. It's yeah. the go-go nineties, baby. What about you, Adrian? What do you think's kept it going? What's what's this explosion? What's it all down to, bro? People, me, me saying bro to you on the podcast <laughs> for the first time ever, bro. People, people were worried because they were scared that Zool would never come back so they put it to heart back to the good old days and play the classics you better launch retro gaming otherwise no one will ever talk about Zool or the Atari (laughs) Jaguar ever again exactly Um, I have to agree with Rob really it's about nostalgia for me Um, people simpler times the 90s man it was the good old days I don't know I don't know if I'd say maybe nostalgia is the wrong word I think like because I don't think the retro gaming the retro culture thing even is that it's really it's what 
I guess Douglas Coupland in Generation X called, uh, I think he, his name was like displaced nostalgia, where basically you're nostalgic, you're nostalgic for something you didn't actually directly experience. And yeah, we did actually experience kind of those games, but I think a lot of the kind of culture around it is to do with this idea of when it was like then. People, you look at it, something like, um, like a lot of the remixes, a lot of the kind of Simpsons, um, like shit posting, like a lot of the kind of stuff. <laughs> But it's like a lot of the kind of Simpsons, like alt kind of stuff. It's, mm. it's basically taking the, like those kind of bits of the culture and remixing them into something new and kind of latching so on to that. New things from old bits of culture. Yeah. Like kind of we're make, creating a new yeah, culture. You're by... creating your vision of the, that culture as space and time. Yeah. And a bit, speedrunners a bit like that. I don't think anyone made the games in the nineties thinking, Oh, in 20 years time, people are going to be speedrunning. <laughs> so that's an interesting facet of it as well isn't it rob additions to the original quake or something like you just complete the level what (laughs) yeah i think maybe finish off by saying maybe this was the decade when gaming achieved maybe the same well not maybe not the same but a similar kind of place to things like films and tv where even though the technology has got better we still respect the stuff that came before like in the kind of you know I guess through the 60s, uh, even maybe 50s for music, through like the 1920s for films, even though those things are less technologically advanced, less sophisticated, we still recognize them as being not only like great for their time, but also great bits of culture in general. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch regarding this week's episode or anything else, you can tweet us at Arcade Attack UK, at Keith Barlow 82 and at Arcade underscore Adriano. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash arcadeattackuk. Please check out our website at arcadeattack.co.uk for lots of retro gaming goodness, interviews, reviews, features, top tens, etc. And you can also find all our previous podcasts there. Our podcasts are available to stream from the website and are available to download for free from Stitcher, Podbean and iTunes, where you can also leave us a review and a rating, which we would really, really appreciate. So until next time, Take care and we'll speak to you soon.